Before we start today's episode, I want to mention our sponsor, Swoosh English, the best way to pass your OET or IELTS exams. For 10% off any course, go to swooshenglish.com forward slash our voices discount or click the link in the episode description. I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices in the NHS, a stage for real people to tell the real stories we never get to hear. In this series, we hear personal stories from NHS medical professionals. If you found meaning in these episodes, please share them with a friend so they can enjoy them as well. Let's delve into today's episode. I saw the suffering of my other family members and the suffering of so many other refugees, of so many other people, that I wanted to help back. And that was the start of it. This is Wahid. He was born in Afghanistan during the Soviet conflict of the 1980s. He spent his childhood knowing nothing but war and the fight for survival. Because of that conflict, we had to flee Afghanistan several times and go to neighboring country as refugees. And when I was a small boy, we went and fled Afghanistan and we started living in a refugee camp in Peshawar, Pakistan. Arriving in what his family hoped would be a sanctuary, living in the refugee camp brought its own struggles. We were living in one room with temperatures rising up to 45 centigrade and one fan, mosquitoes everywhere extreme heat, no mattresses, very little food, very little clean water. Within a few months of living in these conditions, Wahid developed a severe and relentless cough. Combined with growing hunger, the cough made him weaker and weaker by the day. I couldn't think much because I was just so consumed by the coughing you know, my ribcage would be hurting and I was so consumed by my own pain. One day, he looked at his hand after a particularly violent coughing fit and saw blood. His father, anxious that something could be terribly wrong, urgently took him to see a specialist chest doctor in the nearest city. He examined me, he weighed me, and I had uh, become so thin that I was almost a walking skeleton. I had no energy, so my dad had to wrap his hands around me to be able to support me. The doctor asked me to stay outside while he spoke to my father. And then I could still hear what um, he was saying to my father and told him that um, I had tuberculosis, that I I might have a chance of dying about 60-70% because I was so weak and so ill. And the only way for me to survive was to have better living conditions, which my father couldn't provide. Wahid's prognosis was anything but hopeful, but the doctor encouraged him to travel back and see him every few weeks. Initially, they went for the medications, but Wahid says in hindsight, they were going to see the doctor for the comfort and compassion that he provided. He gave them hope. I kept looking forward to seeing this man every three to four weeks because I just wanted to get some feedback from this healer, from somebody who I thought, was saving me. The, the first quality was kindness. You know, I could see on his face whenever he was seeing me that he was giving me so much kindness. And that kept me going because my father didn't know which direction my illness would take me. But the kindness on the face of the doctor would help me. 
And the second part was that looking after patients in, in a comprehensive way, not just dispensing medicine and letting them go, but asking questions about how I'm feeling, what are my thoughts, what I I think might be possible, might not be possible, so looking at me as, as, a, as a person. What he was trying to do was he was trying to mentally keep me strong and to mentally keep my father strong as well. Slowly but surely, Wahid recovered from tuberculosis. He believes that this doctor's approach to treatment not only saved his life, but changed the course of it. I would say he gave me that flame. One person can actually change the life of another human being by helping. I experienced it personally. And for me, that was uh, that the power of healing. I just wanted to learn how to, to be able to do that myself. Wahid left Afghanistan at the age of 15 and came to the UK as a child refugee with a clear goal in sight to heal and help others. He worked hard enough to achieve the A-levels he needed to go to Cambridge University and study medicine. After becoming a doctor, Wahid set up the charity Aryan Telahil, which enables doctors working in war zones, including Afghanistan, to consult with expert clinicians from across the world and save lives. Due to his unrelenting determination, he is now working for the NHS on the front line of emergency medicine here in the UK. So in the NHS, I've had the privilege to see many patients and to be, to be trusted to treat them. And that's hugely rewarding for me. I, I go to, to work with a smile on my face and knowing that you know, the trust they give me, allowing me to, to be so intimate with them. For me, it's just, it's a huge honour. It amazes me how Wahid harnessed the suffering and trauma of his past and transformed them into a force for good, serving both his patients in the UK and, through his charity, patients in his home country, where a state of conflict sadly persists. Despite Wahid's composed and self-assured manner, there was one instance during a recent shift that felt too familiar. One patient who came into the emergency department, she had breast cancer and she was suffering a lot from pain. The prognosis she knew and the husband knew as well that she only had months to live. And she was told that the cancer is widespread to the brain, to the spine, to every part of her body. Uh, probably I think she had weeks to live. And last year, my mother was diagnosed with cancer as well. I went from the UK to see her back in India, treat her. He then heard the heartbreaking news that her cancer was terminal. So during the pandemic, whilst I was working on the emergency department on the front line, I was also remotely, through the help of our charity, we were also treating her back in Afghanistan for her cancer. So at this time, I saw this patient who was suffering from breast cancer and I saw the pain on her face. It reminded me of my own mother. And that was pretty heartbreaking for me. After the consultation, I had to go to another room. In this other room, away from his colleagues and patients, where he'd broke down in tears. He recognised the look of pain on his patient's face as one reminiscent of his mother's. He explains to me that allowing yourself to be vulnerable and granting yourself permission to feel your emotions, to feel empathy, 
is ultimately the key to being a caring, compassionate doctor. Being professional doesn't mean that we completely shut off our emotions. In my view, it's not possible. And it's, it's actually our emotions what makes us uh, human beings, what makes us uh, caring doctors and healthcare professionals. So I couldn't completely switch off my emotions, but how we channel those emotions and create barriers where we don't compromise the care of the patient, that's very important you know, for me to have two or three minute cry back there and then coming back not to continue um, down the route of grieving. So I had to express my emotions quickly outside, come back, impose myself and give her what she needed. So just having those sensitivities and bringing the emotions is extremely important to pick up on other people's emotions. Sadly, both Wahid's patient and mother, Bibi Amina, passed away last year, having lost their battles with cancer. When talking to me about his mother, Wahid stresses how incredibly resilient she was through it all. It is a quality that has embedded itself in his own life and work. She suffered so much from so many years of orphan, and she was still, even to the last breath, she was trying to be reassuring. She was trying to be uh, telling us not to worry too much of what's happening. So that's kind of like, for me as well, that life goes on. We do suffer, but that suffering can make us better human beings, more resilient. Despite all the struggles Wahid has faced, he continues to be a force for good. Not content with just his daily work as a doctor, he juggles this with charity work, writing a book, being a father and husband, to name just a few. What a journey it's been and continues to be for him. He's a role model for many refugees worldwide. The doctor that helped him as a child gave him hope. He now provides hope to people worldwide himself. It's clear that medical professionals like Wahid don't just treat their patients' physical conditions. They give them belief, hope, and optimism for the present and the future. To find out more about Wahid's charity or to put yourself forward as a volunteer, go to ariantelehill.com. Wahid's memoir, in the Wars is available now. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to keep in touch with the show and be the first to find out what's coming up next, go to our website, www.ourvoicespodcast.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, Give us a quick follow in your favorite podcast app. See you for another incredible story next week. I want to acknowledge our sponsor, Swoosh English, for making these podcasts possible. It's the best place to get training and support to pass your OET, IELTS, and PT exams. If you want to hear from doctors or nurses who've passed their exam with the help of Swoosh English, go and listen to episodes from Rima, Midun, Cynthia, Tara and Hussein. For 10% off any course, visit swooshenglish.com forward slash our voices discount.